Blog Talk Radio. Interviewing your favorite musicians, comedians, and other creative souls. This is the Carrie Edelman Show. Hey, everyone, and welcome to the Carrie Edelman Show. We have an amazing hard rock slash new metal band named Islander coming on momentarily, and I'm really excited to interview vocalist Mikey Carvajal, and I hope I pronounced his name right, of this band. These guys have some great material out right now, and I'm going to do a nice introduction for them. But before I bring them on, I just wanted to introduce everyone to my show. They are one of the amazing bands that I've had the fortunate opportunity to interview tonight, and some of the bands I've had on my show have included Shaman's Harvest. They were on last week, and just an amazing hour-plus interview with them. Bands like Gemini Syndrome, Soil, I Empire, Otherwise, Black Light District, Art of Dying, and the list goes on. So please support all these artists that I've had on my show. You can check out the podcast. You can download any of them or stream them for free. So a little bit about my show. I created it about three years ago because I really wanted to create a forum where I could bring people on in the entertainment industry. Outside of musicians, I also interview filmmakers, comedians, um, etc. And I really wanted to bring this forum out by also combining my background. I have a doctorate in clinical psychology, and one of the things I just really enjoy doing is interviewing people. I also have a background in entertainment. I'm a singer-songwriter, and I also do some writing for some entertainment magazines. So I thought, what a better thing to do than create all of my passions and create a supportive forum to bring these people on to really help spread the word about them. Um, I personally know how difficult it is challenging it can be when you're trying to do everything independently and a lot of these artists that I have on my show started out that way before they got signed to their labels etc so on my show you're going to get a really good taste of what these people's lives are like and what it's like to be in their profession and although I mentioned I'm a clinical psychologist I like to put this out there that my show is purely meant for entertainment purposes um, a lot of my guests like to joke around but we're not doing any type of a formal therapy or treatment and also I really want my guests to feel down to earth to discuss whatever they'd like. So, you know, entertaining stories, embarrassing stories, but just keep any personal um, information about any persons you bring up, organizations, et cetera, anonymous, because we don't want to personally embarrass or humiliate anyone. So if you're tuning in, please create a Blog Talk Radio account by going to blogtalkradio.com. And if you want to call in, the number is 805-243-1320. So let me do an introduction for Islander, and then we're going to bring Mikey on. So really, it has been quite a journey for this band. These guys have, um, within a little over a year from what I did with my research on them, they've gone gone from pretty much obscurity to a band that is in constant radio rotation. And personally, I've learned about these guys from uh, Sirius XM Octane. It's one of the stations I listen to all the time. And when I heard their song, Coconut Dracula, and I want to ask Mikey a lot about that tonight, and we'll play it, you know, it really caught my attention and just from there I was totally hooked and wanted to hear more about these guys. So their music really does bring together a variety of different sounds and we're talking everything from new metal, hard rock, alternative punk, I mean fans of bands like Refuse, Tones and Rage Against the Machine are bound to really enjoy Islander and by no means do Islander sound like these bands but you can definitely hear you know a little bit of uh, some of the influences of that going through the music. The band has played at the 2014 Aftershock Festival. They also played this year at the Rockstar Energy Mayhem Festival. And so tonight we're going to be taking you on a really cool journey about these guys' story and promoting their debut album, Violence and Destruction, uh, which is out right now. They recorded it with Cameron Webb at Hollywood NRG Studios, and also they're currently signed to Victory Records. So... To visit these guys and find more information about them, go to facebook.com slash backslash weareislander. And lastly, I want to thank Rachel Rosenberg of Victory Records for assisting with coordinating this interview tonight. All right, so let's bring Mikey on. Hey, Mikey, how are you? Good, how are you? Good, good. Welcome to the show. It's a pleasure to have you on and promote the band. Yeah, thanks for having me for sure. Definitely. Cool. So um, I always like to start out, and again, I'm very open-ended, so you know, I will go in whatever direction you want to take the interview, but I do do a lot of research, and I like to start out kind of from the beginning, where I want you to tell me a little bit about 
yourself and did you grow up in Greenville, South Carolina? Um, I did. I was born and raised here. Okay. So yeah, just tell me a little bit about yourself, you know, growing up, what were you like as a kid? What were some of the things that you were interested in doing? <laughs> and then we'll start to well, I'd like to do something different again. I mean, I, I hear the same questions all the time, and I really want people to get to know who you and the band are. And, of course, we're going to promote the heck out of the album tonight, too. But, you know, just tell us something interesting. You know, what were you like growing up, and did you like to play sports, or were you a kid that was involved in, you know, whatever it was? First off, I had no clue you were a clinical psychologist. So <laughs> I was like, oh, no, she's going to analyze <laughs> me. No, no. You, said, you know what's so funny? I had um, Shaman's Harvest on last week, and he almost died. He was like, Oh, great. And I said, no. I said, no, I think it's cool because, like I said, I really do a different type of interview. This is, I'm not analyzing you on the air. We're not doing therapy. But, <laughs> you know, I want to take, take the audience on a really cool journey with you right. and the band. So look at it that way. Don't don't feel like, you know, guarded by any means, all right? No. Okay, so um, As a kid, um, let's see. I grew up <laughs> on the same street as... Shoeless Joe Jackson, but obviously not at the same time period. Um, and I was really into pro wrestling and still am. Okay. I collected action figures and I still have majority. Um, I was into art and I went to art school and I like to draw pictures and stuff like that. And I, I don't really do that anymore because I think I've kind of <laughs> geared it more towards music, that kind of art. And okay. um, riding and stuff like that. So, I don't know. I guess that's how I am. Oh, <laughs> I'm OCD, cool. too, no, no, but no. I, don't, I don't know if I should tell you that or not. So I was you say you're also what? Compulsive. I'm OCD. Oh, are you? Okay. Compulsive disorder. <laughs> so, well, again, but, you know, it depends on sometimes those skills can be very uh, beneficial. You just don't want it to get to the point where you can't, you know, <laughs> kind of get along in your daily activities, right? No, so that's cool. Oh, growing absolutely. up, you were a kid that was into art and the wrestling. I did read about that, too, and we could talk about that a little more, a bit more later. So when did you start to um, get into music? How old were you about? Um, I was – I liked certain like, – I liked, like, little melodies and whatnot when I was a kid from, like, certain cartoon shows or little tapes I had around the house and the melodies that I actually liked, I started like really liking. But the first thing that was like music that I wanted to listen to was off of a video game called Blaster Master. And um, okay. it had like kind of like a synth pop style music. And uh, that was the first thing that I ever noticed. I was like, really like, I really like hearing this over and over again. And again, I was a little kid, so I didn't know that, you know, like what kind of music it How was. Old how old were you about oh, when, you, when you started to get into that? Um, like five. Oh wow! Something okay. Like that. I was yeah, I was really okay. young, and my brother had like video games around the house, and I particularly remember that game having like the best soundtrack. And like to this day, if I go on YouTube, I can find like the Blaster Master soundtrack, and it's <laughs> so good. Cool. Um, and then I started, um getting into other stuff that my brother had lying around because he was older than me and he was always like bringing different types of music into the household and I would like some of it, hate some of it, um, love some of it, but he ended up taking me to a POD show in 1999 at a little pub in Spartanburg, South Carolina, and there were like a hundred kids there and it was, uh, it was intense. I was about 13 years old, I guess, at that point. So I was right there where I was okay. ready to probably discover music. And, like, he was begging me to go to the show. He was, I was just this little nerdy kid sitting on the ground playing with all my wrestling action figures. He's like, you've got to stop doing this. He's like, you've got to come <laughs> see this music. And I was like, I don't want to because the last time he had taken me to a show, it was my first show. I saw MXPX, 90-pound list play. And uh, I was terrified. I was in the fifth grade. Oh, gosh. And it was pretty brutal. It was, uh, it was for anyways, in my own head, it was, I guess, cause all the kids were going crazy. I never seen anything like that before at that time period. And, sure. um, so I went home that night and told my mom that she had no clue what my brother was attending. And, uh, <laughs> I told her I hated music and I was never going to listen to music and it just wasn't for me. And then I guess when I was 13, maybe my brain was ready to, to find it. Right. So, right. 
And real quick, was your brother involved in music playing-wise, or no, he was just a fan of just kind of going out to shows and things like that? He was just into going to shows and stuff at that at that point in his life, and then later on we ended up having bands together and that kind of oh, stuff. Oh, wow, okay. And, uh, he, has a, he has a band now, so we've always been kind of into creating something. Nice, and what does he play? Or what is what is he um, doing the band? Neither one of us really play anything. We we do oh, he's a stuff. Singer too? So we, yeah, he's a singer, and uh, he okay. actually taught me to scream and like all that kind of stuff. And he's he he doodles on like keyboard and like bass. One time we had this band. It was just keyboards, bass, and drums. He played bass. I played synth, and I sang, and uh, just it was like this weird like punk electronic band was like hardcore punk electronic bass no no guitar thing so i don't know we've always kind of just messed around with music played with it okay and so did, so to digress back to not to take you away from what you were talking about so he takes you to this pod concert like you said you're 13 years old and you were kind of terrified to go back out there but evidently something kind of struck you and tell us a little bit about from there you know, the direction you wanted to go in and why you started to become, you know, interested in music? Um, I think right, right around that time is when I was, you know, you go through that middle school phase where you're trying to please people and whatnot, and you're like, mm-hmm. oh, I guess every, I, I want to be, like, popular and cool, and, like, I want to be on the in crowd, so you start wearing Abercrombie and Fitch and all this stuff, <laughs> and then finally I realized right. it was like all this stuff wasn't me, and it just wasn't working because it wasn't me. It's not who I was, and um, people see through that, you know. Um, mm-hmm. So I didn't set out to, like, get into music or be this musical guy. Like I, I like I said, I used to hate it, and all of a sudden right there at 13, I was ready to find it, I guess, and uh, my eyes were open to it, and um I started just delving deeper into it. I went into my brother's room and I picked up CDs and just put one in after another and just started finding stuff I liked, finding stuff I didn't like. I'll toss it or keep it. And um, going to shows, I just started going to any show that I could because I wanted that feeling. Because, like, that feeling that that first POD show gave me, I was, like, going to all these other shows. We had this place right down the street from us called the Powerhouse. And it was uh, it was like a church, but they – Things were different back then. It wasn't like this, like, I don't know, this cheesy whatever. I think it it was just the underground scene. And every Monday night, they had a skate night, and they had a band. And it was like, you bring uh, $3 or $2 with a candy Mm -hmm. or something like that. And um, I started going every Monday night, seeing all these different bands play. And, um, I mean, a lot of bands that came through there, people wouldn't even realize that, you know, they went on to do great things. I even saw the bass player from Lincoln Park and his little Christian really? pop punk band that he had called the Tasty Snacks play there right before he joined Lincoln Park. <laughs> wow. So like it was just all these people, you know, coming through this little scene cool. that doesn't really exist anymore. And um it's definitely I come from that that world. So I grew up listening to Zayo nice. and all that stuff. So when do you start, you know, again, you're dabbling, like you said, you're tossing the CDs back and forth, what you like, what you don't. When do you actually start to venture out into singing? And, you know, talk a little bit about did you ever have any formal lessons? Are you kind of mostly just natural, self-taught? You know, tell us a little bit about that. Uh, I'm self-taught. Like, it, the whole reason I think I started singing was because I didn't have the patience enough at the time, which is sad to say that I didn't have the patience enough just to go learn some instrument. I always wanted to be a bass player back then, but I was okay. like, yeah, I just want to play music now. I want to do it now. So I just picked <laughs> up a microphone because it was the cheapest thing and didn't <laughs> have a lot of money. And um, my friend Daniel, he played guitar and we were like, Man, we got to start a band and all this stuff. And um, this was around, I guess like 10th grade. Nine, no, I was in ninth grade. I think he was in 10th grade. And I, I was just okay. trying so hard to start a band and um, didn't even know how to how to do that. So we just started practicing all the time, playing goofy songs here and there. And, like, I didn't even have, like, a real microphone. It was, like, a computer mic that we plugged into, like, a practice guitar amp that he was actually already <laughs> playing practice guitar through. So it's like we're trying to do all this stuff. And I had this little Sesame Street recorder that we would record our, demo, our demos on. And um, wow. there were like no drums for a while, <laughs> and um, it was it was bad. But no, um, but that's cool because you can see just the passion and how 
you know, excited you guys were just to be doing that. You know what I mean? That's cool. Oh, yeah. We found we felt yeah. like we found our niche. Yeah, we were like, this is right. too long. And um, so I kind of just, I don't know, at first when I got in high school, I was like, well, maybe I should try out for basketball. I like basketball. I'm not that great at it, but I need to do something. And then right about then, music came along, and, you know, I was I was just dove head first. And That's cool. I don't know. So just fell okay. in love with music. No, cool. Anyone in your family involved besides your brother in music? Like, were your parents? Like, what do they do? Were they ever musically inclined or anything? Or no, <laughs> they, no. they're not. Like, my dad can come okay. up with like a cool little melody sometimes, but mm-hmm. it's he's, he can't sing, he can't play anything. But um, no, there. I don't know of anybody else in our family that was really you know, doing music. So that, again, it's the kind of thing where I, I don't play anything really, but I doodle. So like what I say, when I, when I doodle, I can pick up a guitar and I can write a song, but I can't tell you right. how to play guitar. So it's, it's weird. Right. So do you, do you, do people, and let me, we could talk a little bit about this now. We'll talk more about it later. But so when you're writing a song, do you come up with a melody in your head and start kind of composing lyrics that way or does the band give you some you know written material and you start working around that how do you usually write a little bit of both like okay um sometimes i'll just um i bring these i call them one stringers and i just play the top string or the bottom string rather on the guitar and i come up with a melody or even a melody just like in my head sometimes and i have my iphone here and i record all my little melodies on my iphone and I always tell mm-hmm. my wife actually, I'm always like, if if I ever pass away, if I'm ever if I ever just die, I'm like, could you go through my phone and delete all these melodies that people are gonna find and be Aww. like, What was he doing? <laughs> like right, so right. it's just a joke. But like um yeah, I, I guess like we do that or like the band we come up with something together or somebody in the band says, Hey, I wrote this cool piece and you know, I hear that and we'll just work from there. So we, that's how we that's do, it's just cool. organic. We don't have like a certain pattern. Right, a certain right kind of recipe, so yeah. to speak, of doing it. Okay. I usually write so choruses first, though I've noticed. So. <laughs> oh, nice. Okay. So just kind yeah. of you hear something really hooky and start putting that together and. Yeah. Once I know what a chorus is or what the chorus is about, I can base the whole rest of the song off of it. Usually. Nice. Very cool. And you're yeah. I mean, the stuff you guys have is just really good. I mean, I really did enjoy it and it's very different. So it was it was cool to hear something that's not, you know, sounding like everything out there. So we'll, we'll get into that in a few minutes. But um, Thanks. all right, so let's fast forward a little bit. So you're in, you're welcome. You're in high school and I'm assuming you graduate high school and then do you go to college at all or do you just kind of straight out start to try to, you know, get involved in putting the band together? Because I know, and you'd have to educate me with around that time, it was around 2006 that I read that you know, you guys started to form as a band, but Islander really didn't come about until 2011. So tell us a little bit about kind of, you know, you moving on from school, what you're doing, and then, you know, how the guys, you guys start to come together as that band, but, again, come Islander until many years later. Right. Um, I was looking for a band to play in sometime after high school because I knew that college wasn't for me. I thought it wasn't for me anyways at that time period because I was like, I'm going to do music and I don't know. I just, that's what I was trying to do. So um, I ended up meeting some guys here locally that needed a singer. Their singer just quit. And it's funny. I always tell them now, like, you know, I was going out to their, their practice space. They were like trying me out, but really I was going because I, I, was, I remember I told my mom, I said, I'm going to go try these guys out for me because um, I wasn't going, in my head, I wasn't going to try to be in this band. I didn't even really know much of what they sounded like. I just knew okay. that um, I, was, I wanted a band and I was looking for people to be to be that band. So I was like, I'm going to go try these guys out for me. And um, <laughs> I went and it, it went really well. Um, it was a band called Before Normandy. And, uh okay we ended up just jamming together and stuff. And I ended up working out as the singer and we played together, um, started playing shows in 06 and ended up meeting the rest of the guys that would later become Islander during that year. And once some of the members started quitting, I ended up replacing them with, um, 
the guys that would eventually become Islander, but we were still, you know, the other band at the time. So okay. uh, we so, did that through like 07 and 08. Okay. And that was uh, that, was that, and we, we ended up stopping. I quit the band. <laughs> so. Yeah, what happened? Because, right, I wanted to ask about that. That was interesting because there's kind of this, you know, this lag a little bit in terms of the time period. What Yeah, what happened that you departed you know, the band kind of departed for a while, and then eventually I read, you know, you guys were kind of in the same area, and you start jamming again. So, yeah, what happened then? You know, and again, if you don't feel comfortable, you don't have to go into details, but... No, I mean, you I'll, know, what I'll, led... I'm an open book. <laughs> okay, so, good. So what happened yeah, that the band um, departed? Um, I started slowly getting more and more just kind of like... I wasn't enjoying my time in the band. It wasn't anything to do with any of the guys in the band. I just wasn't really enjoying it anymore because I think at the time I was dating somebody and um, they started going to school and then I was like, well, man, like I want to be with them. So like, I guess I want to go to school and I went to school for all the wrong reasons. And um, during that time, um, my girlfriend at the time, we, we broke up and whatnot, but I remember I found, I started going to school for the right reasons and I found reasons that I wanted to be in school and I started actually learning, and I started doing well in school, which I've never done well in school. When I was in high school, I made Fs nice. and Ds. And when I made Ds, my Aww. mom was, like, happy. If I made Cs, my mom was like, wow, you're doing awesome. So to go right. from that to being in college, and I actually found a reason that I wanted to be there, and it wasn't for anybody else. Um, I started making As and Bs. And wow, great. That's, that was Yeah, it's crazy. I, I haven't graduated from college still, but um, – I actually took took time off from that to pursue music again, which we're getting to that. But um, I met my wife while I was at school, and um, nice. we ended up getting married. And um, I told her I wanted to have a band for fun, and then we started jamming. But the guys, they had moved away and whatnot, and I was, you know, I still doing school, and I just got married and whatnot. But I wanted to play music again for fun because I was like – you know, now that I have a reason to do school on my own, I started noticing the things that I enjoyed for myself again rather than for anybody else, I guess. And real quick, and, um, what were you going, real quick to interrupt you, uh, what were you going to no, school for and what were you studying? Um, English and journalism. I was an interdisciplinary student, so I was doing two majors. And, nice. um Yeah, so I like reading and writing. And at first I was doing um, – I was a history major. I was like trying to just do all this history and stuff. Cause I, I was interested, but I found out that I was more interested in like little interesting facts rather than <laughs> doing anything with history. So I was like, I right. can <laughs> read history books without being a history major. I don't know. So um, I ended up doing English cool. and journalism. And I also took some classes for um, editing video I like to do oh, nice. music video stuff and whatnot, but um, yeah. So ended up talking to some of the dudes again, and some of the guys had already moved out of town. They were moving back. It was just kind of funny. I was like, "Well, you guys want to get together and jam?" And everybody was like, "Yeah, yeah, we'll do it." So we get together and we start <laughs> jamming for fun. And the whole idea was to be the heaviest band that we could possibly be. We were like, "Let's be so heavy." <laughs> There's not gonna we had we had rules. We were like, there's no clean vocals. Like we're gonna break everything. Like we, we need to have the crappiest equipment because nothing's gonna make it through the shows. And we're gonna be the heaviest right. thing to come out in a long time. And then we got together and somehow that's the last thing that happened. I remember our, our bass player dude he like started jamming with us again. He was like, This sucks. This isn't <laughs> this isn't fun, like just making music be heavy. I guess he was like, Let's do music that we enjoy. So I was sitting there thinking like what do what do I listen to? And I listen to like um new wave music and synth pop, but I also like the aggressive music. So I was like, What if we just you know, kinda of just start incorporating more like new wave melodies and Depeche Mode style melodies into right. this heavy music that we're doing and the other guys you know brought their influences of hardcore or punk or whatever and um it kind of started turning into what it was it was like well we have verse chorus verse we weren't trying to do that but it turned into this thing where it was like this organic catchy heavy music and we enjoyed it way more than just being loud it was it was musical rather than just being chaos 
And right. I, I like chaotic no, music, cool. so don't don't get me wrong. But like for us, I think that we really enjoy the art of having a melody that makes you go, "I can't get this out of my head." Right. So, um, yeah, we started doing that. And my wife's actually the one that told me. She said, "You know," she's like, "Do you ever think about doing this full time again?" Because uh, I had mentioned it a few times, and I told her I, I wouldn't do that and whatnot. And she was like, "I don't ever want to be the thing that that." I don't know, like she said, I don't want you to have any regrets towards that, even though she knows I put her first, because I believe marriage comes before, you know, rock and roll. But um, she told me, she was like, I want you to, I want you to to give this a shot because you're good at it. So to have my wife tell me I was good at it, like, that's interesting, because I was, Mm -hmm. I was actually going to say to you, Mikey, you know, how, you know, being married and, and being out on the road all the time now and, you know, just torn and doing all the stuff you guys are doing. Like, how do you make that work? And it's pretty cool to hear you say that, you know, she was actually the person that was encouraging you. So that's really yeah. cool. Yeah, she yeah. still encourages me all the time. And I think the hardest thing for us is being apart. So um, sure. just learning how to navigate that because that's new for us too. And um, that's the most difficult thing. She came out with us on the Mayhem Festival this summer. I did read, our merch. I read that somewhere. Yeah, I forget champion. one. That's great. I read one of the articles. She was helping what with like sell the merchandise and stuff. Yeah, she she did that. Yeah. And, um, it was it, it made it easier for me to have my wife with me because my first priority in, in this life is to take care of my wife. And um, right. I, I I need to make sure that's first, or music can't can't happen. And that's that's not her decision. That's our decision. It's something that we have conviction mm-hmm. about. And we just, just from our personal faith and stuff, we just, we put marriage on a very high pedestal and um, we respect one another. And just to have That's her awesome. out and see her be a champion about this. And, you know, she was like living in a van with these five guys. And, <laughs> you know, she's a, she's a woman and it's difficult. Cause like we don't have a bus and we're all, you know, we're, we're our, our own drivers and, that's, it's crazy. So for her right. to, to be out there and to not complain and to not be like, that's so hot and all this stuff. Of course, it was like hot on certain days for the summer tour. But right. Oh, like she, she beasted it. I mean, she's, she's amazing. And, um, that's great. Yeah. I, I know the interview's not about her, but I guess really, if you have an interview no, with me, about you're going to hear about like her. I said. <laughs> no, it's about whatever you want it to be. And like I said, I have my okay. little way of kind of, leading it but you take me wherever you want to go and I think that's cool that you're sharing that information because you know I think relationships you know you hear a lot of bands talk about unfortunately that you know unfortunately music sometimes tears it apart and being out is so difficult that right I mean the the lack of connection and the distance so now it's amazing Mm -hmm. to hear you share that I think it's a really cool thing that you guys have and you know congratulations to the success with your marriage and you know that's great. It's a struggle. It's not right. easy. It's um, marriage is one of the most difficult things we've ever faced. But the fact that we're facing it together and keeping Christ at the center of it is what keeps it together. That's great. So. That's great. Whatever works for you guys, that's that's really cool. So let's do this, and we're going to get back and talk about how you guys really start to you know take that encouragement from your wife, et cetera, and, and hit it and really move forward. But I want to uh, get in at least two songs. So let's talk about Coconut Dracula. And uh, I did read a little bit about it, so it was pretty cool to hear, to read about it. But I'll tell you, when I first turned on, on the radio, I'm like, and I analyze everything. Like I said, I'm not going to be analyzing <laughs> you on the show. But, you know, I hear it, and I'm like, Coconut Dracula, like, who, what type of, you know, what type of wording is this? And it was just such a cool song, and it was so catchy. And every time I saw you guys come up on Sirius, I'm like, oh, i got to listen to it again. So um, and that's how I got interested in you guys and, you know, reached out to PR person, and so I got to set up an interview and promote them. So it was really great. So tell us a little bit about the track, and then uh, we'll check it out. All righty. Um, my family, they're from the Dominican Republic. I heard you announce, like pronounce my name earlier, Carvajal, but it's actually Carvajal, but it's really kind of a hub. Oh, okay. I'm, Domin- I'm Dominican. It's Hispanic. Um, okay. And so they speak Spanish, and one night my Uncle Ray was speaking Spanish, and he said something that sounded like Coconut Dracula, but he didn't. I don't know what he <laughs> said, but I told him I liked the way that sounded. I was like, I'm going to write a song called Coconut Dracula. And he was like, no, you're not. And I was like, I, I'm going to try. So I came up with a story about Count Dracula finding a coconut on the ground, and he takes a bite, realizes that there's sweetness and goodness in the world and other than being evil all the time. So he goes and gets his name legally changed from Count Dracula to Coconut Dracula. 
and he's roommates with uh, all the classic monsters, Mummy, Witch, Werewolf, Frankenstein, <laughs> and uh, they notice his nature's changing. They notice that he's, you know, wearing Batman pajamas and helping with charities and all this stuff. He's not going out every night and killing people and sucking their blood or whatever. So um, uh, they, they just they're really tripped out. So the mummy actually he represents somebody that's covered in dirty rags and is just dead on the inside. And he's the one supposed to be, you know, singing the song. Um, he's asking Dracula. He's like, "How can I have that joy that you have? I, I need that in my life because I'm, you know, I'm just dead." So, um, if you could share that with me, that'd be great. Great. No, it was so creative, and like I said, I read about it, but I still wanted to ask you about it and have you explain it. And how did you? I mean, just creatively, it's just so cool to hear how you're tying all these different. You know, like you said, pieces together and trying to make it this this interesting song that actually is talking about all the good that can be in the world. And it was just so creative. Really cool how you put that together. Thanks. Yeah. All right. So let's do this. I'll put you on hold, and we'll check that out, and then we'll come back, and we're going to talk about you guys, you know, getting to the next level and signing with Victory Records and, you know, think a little bit about the prior EPs that you had. I definitely want to touch base a little bit on that stuff, and then we'll get into the album. All right? All right. Sounds good. Okay. Hang hang on. All right. You're listening to Mikey, and I don't want to botch up the guy's last name again, um, from Islander, the hard rock new metal band, and we're going to check out their hit single right now, Coconut Dracula. It is number 23 on the active rock charts, and uh, these guys got some great stuff. So please pick up a copy of their album, Violence and Destruction, which is out now on iTunes, and also visit them on Facebook at facebook.com backslash weareislander. All right, so here we go, Coconut Dracula, and we'll be back in a moment.
All right, everyone. Welcome back to the Carrie Edelman Show again. Coconut Dracula by Islander. Awesome single that these guys have out. Be sure to pick up a copy of their album, Violence and Destruction, which is out now. I want to do a quick plug here, and then we're going to get back into the interview with Mikey. So I want to plug The Grimps, all right, everyone? The Grimps is the next big thing in children's animation rock and roll, okay? It's a TV hit series, and it's created by an extraordinary illustrator and cartoonist named Richard Sergiovanni. I've had the opportunity to have him on my show. He was actually on my show twice, so you can check out the podcast. I think he was on October 2013, but if you go through the podcast, you'll find it. I want everyone to set their DVRs for this Saturday to Fox 5, which features the kids' teens' news program between 9.30 a.m. and 10 o'clock a.m., because he's going to be talking about this series. It's in the works right now. It hasn't actually come out yet, but he's going to be doing a segment on the show. So please check him out. It's going to be featured on 250 Fox TV stations across the country. And for more information, you can visit The Grimps by going to thegrimps.com, and that's spelled E-G-R-I-M-P-S. You can follow them on Twitter at The Grimps, and also please like their Facebook page. All right? So be sure to check that out, and um, I'm hoping to one day be one of the voices for the cartoon characters because I do do some voiceover work. So it would be just an honor to work with them. So check it out, everyone. Okay, let's bring Mikey back on. All right, great track, Mikey. I just, I love it. It's awesome. Thanks very so, much. I appreciate it. Yeah. What did your uncle think when you actually wrote this song and it becomes this, like, <laughs> huge worldwide uh, hit single? What, is he, what did he have to say to you about that? <laughs> um, I think he thinks it's a trip because I remember he – he was like really excited whenever he saw that it actually made it on onto right. the CD. So I don't know. I think he's pretty honored, and he's a pretty cool uncle too. So it's uh, that's I don't cool. Know, it's a good and does, situation does he live around. here? Does he live here? Or is he yeah, in the Dominican does. Republic? Um, okay. My family. Nice. They actually grew up like most of them. You know, they came to the Dominican Republic originally, like my dad and everybody. And then they moved to Queens, New York, and then most of them moved down here to Greenville, South Carolina, and uh, so. Nice. A good many of them live here. Okay. Very cool. Very cool. All right. So let's get into, um, just to start fast forward in a little bit. So prior to signing with Victory Records, which looks like it happened in around 2013, you guys had put out, was it two EPs you put out before that? Because I, I saw there was one called Side Effects of Youth, and then I couldn't, you know, from some of the articles I was reading, it looked like there might have been another one. Um, yeah, there's there's two, but Pains was actually the second one. It was put out by Victory, but we recorded okay. it before we were signed to Victory. But they ended up purchasing us that off of us and uh, put it out because they they liked it. Gotcha. Um, okay. But the so first side record of youth was the first one. Yeah, the first EP that was the that was uh, side effects of youth, and that was an independent release. And um, then we did Pains and ended up having Victory put that one out, and then Violence and Destruction was the full-length debut. Right. Very cool. And I, I had a chance, I was looking yesterday at, at Pains, and I mean, I love that song off of Violence and Destruction, um, but also the New new Colors song was really cool, so I had a chance to check out that video and listen to that track, and it was it was really good. Good stuff. Thanks very much. So how I do you get video. hooked up with... <laughs> Oh, you did? Very cool. Yeah. See, that's where you're... I'm that's telling you, I like to edit like, videos and stuff. Yeah. yeah. Um, well, that's great. It comes, in, it comes in very handy with what you're doing. So how did you... Tell us a little bit about how you got in touch with Victory Records, because I read something about how you actually... I think you had Facebook messaged someone or something like that. It was really interesting. Tell us about that. Yeah, um... I was for a while staying up really late at night once everything around the house was done and I would go on Facebook. It sounds weird, but when you're trying to make it as an artist at all, you're, you know, you come up with some crazy ideas. So I, no, I definitely. Knew that, <laughs> yeah, I knew as far as everything that I had experienced in life had been from the people that I had known and not what I necessarily knew. So um, I was like, well, I need to, to find the people that are actually working at these labels and whatnot instead of just doing the thing like a lot of these bands they go out and they play these shows and they just think that somehow miraculously which it can happen but like the a and r is just going to want to come see their show and whatnot so i was like forget that i'm just gonna go seek them out and um 
I ended up finding all these different people on Facebook that worked or that said that they worked at labels based off of where they, you know, and I'd add them and I would thank them for the ad and I would just kindly tell them, sorry, I do not mean to be intrusive, but here's our demo. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And I ended up doing that for a little while. And finally it was like um, a year later, Victory Records, one of the A&Rs hit us up and he said, how soon could you come out for a showcase? And I was like, well, we need to save some money. We don't have any money. And I said, maybe like a month and a half or so. And he says, how about two weeks? We'll, we'll bring you out. And I was like, Oh, okay. Two weeks. (laughs) We uh, went up there two weeks later and we played a showcase and on our way home, we got a text message that asked us who our lawyer was and we ended up getting a contract and, the rest is history. That's amazing. Now, did before you went to do the showcase, did you have an attorney? No, <laughs> we didn't. No, <laughs> we were done. Band. We didn't. Yeah, we didn't know. Like, we didn't. No, well, we were just but, like, but again, how would you know? Because you, like you said, you're kind of seeking. You're being very assertive and proactive. You're seeking out all these people. You get this amazing opportunity. You guys, you know, go for it. And so, did you yeah. have to get an attorney like pretty quickly? Yeah, we did. We ended up finding an entertainment lawyer and that was local just to help speed up the process. And, you know, we went over contracts and all that stuff. And, right. you know, the whole that's drill, good. the that's industry. Smart, <laughs> yeah, it did. No, but um, that's smart, you know, because sometimes people sign their lives away. And, you know, it's just, it's really sad when you hear some of these stories. So, no, that was good that you guys did that. Right. Really cool. Well, congratulations. That's That's a really cool story. And I Thanks. think, you know, you made a really good point because, and I haven't played out in, you know, a few years now, but that was when, when I was doing live stuff, and, and people have you right. And I don't, like you said, it's not that it can't happen, but I realized pretty quickly by doing kind of all the grunt work and everything on my own that the likelihood of someone walking into some local club, you know, and saying, hey, yeah. we're going to sign you, it's just, and I think I think it's smart when people... That's how I find all the people I do for my radio show. I mean, I, I seek them out. I, I go to the Facebook page. I go to the website. I find out who the, you know, the publicity people are. I send them emails. And, you know, if they get back to me, great. And if not, that's okay. You know what I mean? But I think exactly. that's smart when people can actually take control, you know? Definitely. So, yeah, cool. Well, very cool story. So, okay, so tell us a little bit about now the album. I mean, Violence and Destruction came out in... July and you guys were were busy playing some festivals and you know tell us a little bit about the recording process and recording it with Cameron Webb who's worked with some you know amazing artists so tell us a little bit about that. Oh uh, yeah, we recorded. Um, we got to fly out to California and we recorded with Cameron Webb at his studios um, in Orange County and then we went up to Hollywood and did uh, the drums and stuff and NRG and. Um, it was an awesome time. He's a great producer. He didn't try to change who we were as Islander, but instead he helped bring out the best of us and be the best Islander we could be rather than just trying to, you know, write songs for us or anything like that. He let us do our thing. And, uh, very cool. Yeah. He just helped us be the best version of us we could be. And, um, that was a huge growing experience, learning experience. And, um, we're really proud of the record. Um, and um trying to think. Uh, yeah, it came out July okay. 8th. And uh, we ended up going on the Mayhem Festival with Corn and Vince Sevenfold and all those bands and um, made some wonderful friendships. And um, it was awesome. So now we're just kind of keeping that process going. We're hustling. We know that we have a lot of uh, a lot still to be done. So we're staying busy. That's cool. That's really cool. And and while we're talking, before I forget, and then we'll, I want to talk a little bit more about just some of the songs you have on the album and, you know, some of the people mm-hmm. that you've had the opportunity to work with, how did you come up with the name Islander? Like, what does that mean? Is that symbolic of anything? Uh, the guitar player, he was uh, he was actually just uh, sitting in his house playing some guitar, and he saw, we were looking for a band name, and he saw a beer coaster that said Islander IPA on it and we needed a name and we just wanted a one word band name because we didn't want people to abbreviate it all the time and uh, right. he was like how about we call the band Islander and I was like every band name's stupid so let's just go with it 
So um, <laughs> we we just started calling the Van Islander, and that was <laughs> it. Wasn't okay. any, it doesn't simple. mean anything. It just means we needed a band name. Okay. All right. Cool. And on the album again, I mean, one of my favorite tracks is is Kingdom. I mean, that that's just an amazing song. And New Wave is great, and Cold Speak. I mean, it's just so many great songs on the album, but. Isn't it kind of interesting that, you know, you're 13 years old just to kind of tie things in again, and you went to see POD, and then you get a chance to correct you worked with the singer from POD. Was was it POD? Mm-hmm. Yeah, okay, okay. I yeah, just want to make sure I have uh, that right, because it's been a long day. Um, so, yeah, so, I mean, yeah. you worked with him on that song, Criminals, and isn't it kind of surreal? I mean, do you ever reflect back and be like, remembering yourself being this little kid kind of going out to the show and then you're like working with the guy it's just wow pretty cool yeah it's crazy because well, i guess <laughs> when you put it that way i can see how god's hand was on all of this the whole time because i hated music with all my heart and it's almost funny now to see what i'm doing for a living um right and i uh yeah my brother took me to ctod and somehow you know i, I just built a relationship with them over the years because I was going to their shows. My mom was taking me to see them when I was in 10th grade and all this stuff in eighth grade. And, um, I would talk to them about things that weren't just music. I talked to them about what was going on in my life. And they're the kind of band that it's not like a fan base. It's more like a family and they treat people, they treat their fan base like a family. So, um, I go out to eat with them and stuff and, Sonny gave me his number and just told me, to, you know, if I ever need to talk or just keep in contact. So when the band started getting together again as Islander, we had written this hardcore song called Death is the Shepherd. And Sonny actually ended up doing some vocals on it, but he did them like the really DIY way. He recorded them on his MacBook, sent them to us from California to South Carolina. We mixed it in in the studio, and then we shot like a really like ghetto music video in like a basement. <laughs> and um, once we had the... You know, once we got signed and stuff, we we were like, man, now we have the opportunity to do this right. Like, we were going to California, and we had the song Criminals that we were just like, man, he would sound so good on the song. So we had him come up, and uh, he wrote that song with us, and he killed it. I mean, it was awesome. And uh, Yeah. Yeah, it's pretty surreal. He's He's been a huge uh, supporter of Islanders since before we ever got signed or anything. He's one of the um, – most stand-up dudes I've met in the industry, in this crazy, crazy industry. <laughs> so That's cool. Um, real quick, real quick, Mike, is your phone? It, it just sounds a little crackly. I don't know if it's, because it's been cool the whole time, but just recently it's just kind of breaking up a little bit. Yeah, same on your end. <laughs> oh, it is? Really? Yeah, it is. I was oh, okay, well, hope, well, I hope, you know what, then hopefully it's not picking up on the, the air, because... It's so funny because I feel like I sound clear, but then you're saying that I don't either? Oh, gosh. All right. Well, hopefully it's okay. Yeah. yeah. If you want to, you can talk about Violence Instruction for a second or one of the songs. I can call you right back, and you can connect it back. <laughs> if, yeah, if well, we'll do, do this. No, yeah, let's do this because um, I want to play another track. Let's talk about New Wave. Yeah. You know, give us a little bit of information on that. And, yeah, just try to call back in and see if that – again, it just recently happened with – was I breaking up the whole time to you or no? Um, my wife just told me it was good on the radio. She was in there listening to it. That's funny. <laughs> wait, now you sound fine. Wait, wait, now you sound fine. Okay, go ahead. Tell me a little bit about New Wave, and if everything sounds cool, then then don't don't call back in. All right, go ahead. All right, yeah, good. <laughs> uh, New Wave is one of my favorite tracks off the record. It's um, it it always reminds me every time I hear it of recording the record and being in California and seeing the palm trees and the ocean and uh just the way everything looked, the mountains, all that stuff. So it's a song about the end of the world. Um, it, it asks a question. It's a plea. It asks a question of, you know, if this is if this is it, the whole world's coming to an end, we can see it crashing in. Where do you stand? Do you know what the afterlife holds for you? And um, are you sure you're right? And uh, if, if, if the world's ending, why is everybody freaking out and I'm okay? <laughs> so that's right, fine. right, very cool. That's, that's you know, it's, but it's also a, a pun. This is kind of funny part. It, it keeps saying I love this new wave. Um, I was kind of picking on myself because I like new wave music so much. That was kind of something I was doing in the song. Like I actually came up with that first, and then I was like, wait, I'm gonna write something different about this. Cool. But it was originally kind of like, oh, I like new wave music so much. Right, right. No, it's cool. And you know, it's interesting because I was when I got home because I work in I work in corrections. 
And, you mm-hmm. know, I always like to work out. And one of the things I really appreciate is just getting all this amazing music from all these people like you I have on my show. So I was listening to it, and I was really listening to New Wave. And to me personally, just my own interpretation a little bit, you know, I, I see what you're saying about it. It was almost like me thinking of when I was applying it to myself with some of the words you were using, like almost taking like, an, I don't want to say a new direction in life, but kind of taking mm-hmm. a new wave and trying to push yourself and something a little different. And it, it just really kind of impacted me in a, a pretty oh, cool yeah. way. Absolutely. You know? And again, like these are just my perspectives of the songs. What I always tell oh, yeah, people yeah. is I that understand. when I, yeah, when I go look at a painting, I don't go up to the artist and go, so what does it mean? I'd rather than say, how did it hit you? How does it make you feel right. on the inside? So right. it's, it's the same thing with the music. I don't want anybody to ever think that these songs, if they can relate to them right. in a different way, that's what they're supposed to do. Right. Yeah, and it was pretty cool. And, and I'm a surfer, too. So, I mean, then it has a different symbolism awesome. for me, too. <laughs> yeah. I actually, so. That's funny you say that, too, because the uh, producer, he actually set me down in this room with the instrumental track in my ear of New Wave when I was writing the lyrics. And he played the slow-motion movie, silent movie. I couldn't hear any of it. Slow motion, people surfing, people going to the market and buying stuff and riding in cars and all this weird imagery. So that's kind of what the vibe is of the song, too. Nice. And it, and lastly, you sound fine now, so don't worry about calling back in. Maybe we just had a weird glitch. Awesome. But it's cool that your wife said, that's cool your wife said it sounded clear. You know, because sometimes yeah. you, you never know what's going on behind the scenes. But um, it was funny because over the weekend on Saturday, I'm like driving around doing errands, and I had just gotten into my car, and I saw New Wave was on, and I was like, oh, this must be the second single they released. So it was kind of cool because I had no idea. So it was really yeah, cool to hear it on, you know, Sirius XM. Yeah. We haven't released it yet. What we did was um, we just oh. kind of gave everybody a taste of it because we had to, done a Sirius XM takeover, and they were had played another one of our tracks. So we were like, you know what, play New Wave. It's going to be the next single. <laughs> so just kind of oh, let cool. people know Great. here it is. All right. But it'll be awesome. Okay, soon. so with that being said, yeah, thank you for giving us your uh, – interpretation of it and what it means to you and let's check it out now and then we'll come back and you know think about some some other interesting things that you guys enjoy doing so we can learn a little bit about the other band members you can introduce each of them and you know when you're on the road or some other interests that they have so we can fill the audience on them too all right right okay hold on mikey all right again everyone mikey from islander he's the lead vocalist and we're going to check out their second hit single, which is going to be released, titled New Wave, off of the album Violence and Destruction. So check it out, and we'll be back in a moment.
everyone again. Welcome back to the Carrie Edelman Show, Islander with their hit single New Wave off of their album Violence and Destruction, which is out now. So again, pick it up. It's a full-length album, and it is just one good song after another on it. So please be sure to check these guys out. Go to their Facebook page, uh, facebook.com forward slash backslash. It's been a long day. We are Islander. Become a fan of them and uh, check them out on any upcoming tours and shows that they have. All right, so let's bring uh, Mikey back on. All right, really howdy, cool howdy. track, Mikey. <laughs> howdy, howdy. <Thank> you. <laughs> so, great stuff, really great stuff. Um, all right, so where are you guys at with doing shows and stuff? Anything you want to promote? That's uh, And then, like I said, we'll talk about the interests that you guys have, too. Yeah, we're heading out with uh, Nonpoint uh, next week, nice. actually. And um, it's going to be a... A fun one. We're, it's uh, us, Three Years Hollow, Nonpoint. Um, oh gosh, I had a brain fart. Um, Silent Gemini season. Syndrome. I kept wanting. No, I kept oh, wanting to say Syndrome. syndrome. Gemini. Gemini. Gemini okay. Syndrome. Yeah. It's gonna, so it's gonna be a fun one nice. for sure. And uh, wow. then we're heading out with Pop Evil. Wow, very cool. Yeah, I had. If you get a chance, I had Gemini Syndrome on. Oh my gosh, that was just an unbelievable interview with, uh, I can't remember his name right now, but the lead singer. Oh, I guess, and now I'm, I'm having not a, sure. a mishap. <laughs> I'm sure yeah, but, <laughs> yeah, but if you can, I mean, if you want to really learn about him, it was just, it was like an hour and 20 minutes. I mean, it just, yeah. He's really into psychology awesome. and stuff, a lot of symbolism. It was cool. And I had three years how long, too, this year. So, cool. And I'm, nice. uh, cross my fingers, I'm working on Norm Point right now. <laughs> nice, but, you're going to have um, the whole tour on your show. <laughs> yeah, there you go. No, that's congratulations. That's an amazing lineup and really cool stuff. So Thanks, yeah, yeah, so um, like I said, introduce each of the members and tell us something interesting about them, and so that we can learn a little bit about them. I don't know hobbies they have, whatever it is they went to school for. <laughs> See, I, I hate doing this because I always I, I'm more of a like let them share about themselves kind of. Oh, thing. then you don't have no, no, no. Then you don't have to, but just at yeah. least introduce their names because I always want to include. You know, promote everyone on the show. So you don't have to do that. Just, you know, introduce who they are and what they play. All righty. Um, we got bass player Dude, um, Eric the drummer, and we had Andrew the guitarist. That's it. <laughs> nice. Very cool. Very cool. Well, I mean, here's something. When you guys are out on the road, do you, do you have a TV? Do you watch any TV shows? Is there anything that you guys do as a group? When we do it that yeah, way, we, then you um, don't have to feel like you're... Yeah, there we go. I can do that. Because it's funny always talking about other people in the sense of being like, this person likes – it's like I like them to be able to speak for themselves. Um, I understand. That's fine. But, yeah. But as a group, I know that we all like this place called Taco Casa, or we used to. I don't know. We haven't eaten there in a while, but there's this local place called Taco Casa we used to eat, and it was really good. It's uh, Nice. I don't know. It's not real Mexican food, but it's it's Taco Casa food, the way Taco Bell, Taco Bell food. Um, <laughs> right. And then uh, I'm trying to think. Me and Eric were really into video games, so usually you can see us in the van. Like he's usually playing his PS Vita, and I'm playing my Nintendo 3DS. And uh, I think really the whole band in general, we just eat food. Like we like food so much that I guess you can almost call us like connoisseurs of food. So. That's a difficult thing what for us on the road. What other foods do you like? Yeah, oh, what do you like goodness. outside of the taco? The taco stuff. We like su- <laughs> sushi. We like um, like salads. We like burgers. We like. I mean, there's all kind of stuff. And each Everything. person, you know, like dude's a vegetarian, so um, he eats stuff that that um, I like, like avocados and stuff like that. But um, in general, the whole band. Like, and then, like, if we go to Burger King, it's like we're a broke band, and sometimes if we're just like dying and we're tired of Beanie Weenies or tuna, we go to Burger King because it's actually like, this hot thing we can hold in our hands. So, <laughs> me and Duke right. we really like Burger King's veggie burgers, and we're not even like Burger King like fans, but we've become Burger King fans because we've had to. So, um, <laughs> yeah, if there's no catering or like a like they feed us at the venue, usually. Though we're just kind of you know snacking on stuff that we have or stuff like that. So, but if we could eat food that we wanted, which is not often, um, sushi, <laughs> okay, um, Indian food, just all kind of stuff. We like we just, we just like nice. food. 
That's cool. No, it's really cool. Well, well, thank you for sharing that about you guys as a as a group and a team, what you like to do and what you enjoy. That's great. Yeah. So, yeah, if there's anything else that you want to plug, Mikey, you know, feel free to do it. You know, website, Twitter, where people can find you, um, you know, where people can get your album, and then we'll start to wrap um, things up. And I just – go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say, yeah, um, our tag for, like, Instagram, Facebook, everything is We Are Islander. That's where you can find us. Um, our album's in stores, and it's available online at iTunes and Spotify and in our Victory Records merch store. And, um, yeah, come out to a show. It's available at the shows, too. That's uh, the most fun place to buy it because we can actually hang out with you and talk to you. And um, shows are always more fun when people are there in general. And that's about it. <laughs> cool. Well, I'll have to check Thanks for having me. Come to the to the East Coast. Yeah. No, it was really it was a pleasure having you on. You did a great job with the interview. And as I say to you know all the guests I have on, especially the ones that just you know are are great to interview, you're always welcome back on. So you know, please keep in touch with me. And if and when you have new music coming out, let me know, and we'll we'll bring you back on for a follow up. Absolutely. Sounds great. Thanks so much. Okay, thank you so much for tuning in. And please, uh, you know, let everyone know if they couldn't tune into the live show, the podcast will be available. We want to get as many listens as we can for you guys to support and get the name out there. And, you know, like I said, hopefully hear a different interview than than some of the other stuff that uh, (laughs) that people do. Yeah, for sure. Thank you very much. Okay, thanks so much, Mikey. Much success to you and uh, everyone on Islander. Same to you and your show. We really appreciate it. Thanks. Have Have a a great night. Okay. You too. Bye. Bye. All right, everyone, again, Mikey from Islander. Be sure to check the stand out. Great stuff that these guys have. Their album is called Violence and Destruction, and it is out now. So we're going to wrap the show up now, and uh, please uh, become a fan of the Carrie Edelman Show on Facebook. That's where you can find out all the updates for upcoming shows, guests, and more. And if you follow me on Twitter, I will follow you back. So uh, befriend me on Twitter, and also please uh, find me on Facebook. I have two accounts open. If one of them is maxed out, just find the other one and uh, send me a friend request. And it's great to keep in touch with people personally that way too. So thanks everyone again for tuning in tonight and supporting the show. And as I mentioned, just check out the podcast. I've done at least 200 to 250 interviews by now and just some really cool artists and entertainers and different interviews where I take people on a journey and you really get to know about the person um, that I have on my show. All right, so thanks again, and have a great night. I will be keeping people posted on Facebook and the other sites with upcoming interviews. Some of the people I have in the works that I'm working on right now is the Hard Rock Band Seasons After, uh, the Metal Band Nonpoint, and a ton of other ones. But uh, take some time to coordinate things. So just like I said, keep in touch through social media, and you'll see the updates. Thanks again, and have a great night.